This is Dave Burnett. I want to welcome you to today's God's Family Plan podcast. The title of today's podcast is Remember the Alamo Bowl. It's based on a Holy Spirit encounter my wife Kathy had on the morning of December 30th, 2021, the morning after the Alamo Bowl was played. In Kathy's words, I woke up seeing a special shoe. It was a pointed toe slider. Sliders are the kind of shoes that you just slip on. They're easy to put on because you just step into them. The upper part of the special shoe was a brilliant purple color. The top portion folded down like a boot that would protect the shin of a swashbuckling swordsman. The sole and heel of the shoe was black. The shoe was visually striking and definitely an image that spoke of royalty. Holy Spirit quickened 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Holy Spirit was emphasizing the authority of believers. As Father God's own special people, we've been called to leave all darkness behind and fully step into our God-given positions as kings and priests. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, and chapter 5, verse 10. Holy Spirit began pouring out revelation from the Alamo Bowl. Now that's quite unusual because Kathy's not a real fan of football and doesn't really understand the details of the game. Kathy's Holy Spirit encounter was what I would call a prophetic parable. More specifically, it's a parable that provides revelation and insight into the generational synergy that God is releasing in this season. Again, in Kathy's words, immediately Holy Spirit made these revelations known to me. Kathy was given six specific keys that unlock the hidden revelation of this year's Alamo Bowl. The first key is to remember. Remember, we're talking about the Alamo Bowl, the football game played on December 29th, between the Sooners of the University of Oklahoma and the Ducks of the University of Oregon. Remember that this game was played in San Antonio, Texas, the home of the famous historical Battle of the Alamo. Remember that the Alamo was a place of defeat, death, and destruction. It was a battle where a courageous few fought bravely to the death and gave their all. The cry, Remember the Alamo, has echoed down through history. It reminds us to never forget the heroes from the past. This is an important reminder to the body of Christ. Remember those heroes of the faith that have gone before us. Remember the spiritual giants of the Bible and all those throughout history that gave their lives for the cause of Christ. Remember the pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists that have touched your life. Remember each one, both the famous and unknown, that Holy Spirit has used to minister to you in a special way. Remember with gratitude and thanksgiving, as it is written in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and all those who have served as his ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. The second key revelation is understanding the impact of abandonment. In late 2021, Lincoln Riley, who had been the Sooners' head football coach since 2017, suddenly resigned his position without warning. He announced that he was leaving the University of Oklahoma to accept the position of head coach for the Trojans of the University of Southern California, or USC. 
According to Sports Illustrated, Riley had signed a multi-million dollar deal in July 2020 that would keep him in Norman through 2025. But he abruptly and unexpectedly broke his contract and abandoned his team. This key point serves as a reminder that there are many in the body of Christ that have experienced abandonment. Spiritual leaders that they loved and respected deserted them, disappointed them, or rejected them. Many have been left feeling hurt and brokenhearted, both in the body of Christ and in the world where there are many that feel abandoned and broken. Holy Spirit is reminding us that this is the very reason Jesus came to earth. Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3 in the New King James Version says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus repeated the words of Isaiah as he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Holy Spirit is reminding us that as God's chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, and as his own special people, we're to be about Father's business of binding up the brokenhearted and fulfilling the ministry of Jesus on earth. The third key revealed in the football parable is that of the intercessor, Bob Stoops, a retired Oklahoma University head coach, a coach who had led the Sooners to the 2000 BCS National Championship, and a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, was named the interim coach when Lincoln Riley broke his contract and abandoned the Sooners. As the Sooners prepared for a postseason bowl game, Bob Stoops, the older, retired former coach, chose to get back in the game and to fill in the gap left by the departing coach. By filling the gap as the interim coach, Stoops became an example of a true intercessor. We tend to think of intercessors purely as prayer warriors. Certainly, intercessors pray. But God values intercessors who are also warriors. These warriors aren't afraid of getting their hands dirty and injecting any sweat equity that's needed into their intercession. One of the greatest biblical examples of a true prayer warrior is David. He is known as a mighty man of valor who fought courageously in many battles, but he's also known for the deep and intimate prayers he penned that are recorded in the Psalms. Of course, the greatest example of a prayer warrior is Jesus. As it is written, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for the saints. Hebrews 7 verse 25 in the New International Version says, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him, He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. The intercessions of Jesus, as assigned by Father God, were action-oriented and sacrificial in nature. His intercession included the drops of blood he shed in Gethsemane, the beating he took in Pilate's court, 
and the sacrifice he made on Golgotha's hill. Jesus, the ultimate intercessor, is to be our focus as intercessors. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 in the Passion explains it this way. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. In the football parable, the key revelation of intercession is to be listening to the master's voice, to be alert and ready for action. When Holy Spirit identifies a gap and gives an assignment to fill the gap, intercessors need to be quick to step up, get into position, and complete the mission as assigned. In this new season, some who seem to be retired and past their prime need to be ready to get back in the game and fill the gap left by those who abandoned their call. As it is written in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 in the New King James, be ready in season and out of season. These fill-in-the-gap assignments will most likely be temporary assignments that are designed to prepare the way for a younger generation, a generation that will eventually take over the position on a more permanent basis. Intercessors, get ready to fill in the gap as assigned and do whatever's needed, including prayerfully coaching, supporting, developing, equipping, and mentoring. The fourth key revealed in the football parable is adopting a multi-generational perspective or mindset. In the Alamo Bowl game, Bob Stoops' son, Drake, played for the Sooners and even caught a touchdown pass. One generation coached while the next generation played and scored. When the generation that was contracted to coach the team abandoned them, an older generation came in to fill the gap. The older retired coach was able to partner with the team, a younger generation, and lead them to victory. God's redemptive plan, as revealed in the Bible, is clearly multi-generational. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2, in the New Living Translation, when Moses is addressing the people of Israel, his instructions are specifically for three generations. You and your children, and grandchildren. Frequently, the Old Testament makes references to the three generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Clearly, God is multi-generational. Here are some examples taken from Psalms as written in the New International Version. Psalms 33:11. But the plans of the Lord stand firm, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Psalms 45:17. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Psalm seventy-one, eighteen: Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Psalm 145, verse 4 in the voice, one generation after another will celebrate your great works. They will pass on the story of your powerful acts to their children. And Psalm 78, verse 4 in the Passion Translation says, we've heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage. We will continue to tell our children and not hide from the rising generation, the great marvels of our God, his miracles and power that have brought us all this far. Psalm 78, 6, again in the Passion. 
For perpetuity, God's ways will be passed down from one generation to the next, even to those not yet born. The fifth key that was revealed in this football parable is the controversial nature of the season. The 2021 Sooner football season was marked by ongoing controversy. Controversy is defined as disagreement, typically when prolonged, public, and heated. In 2021, there was a quarterback controversy that involved Spencer Radler, the starter at the beginning of the season, who was initially identified as the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy. However, disgruntled fans began to openly call for a change when Radler failed to live up to their expectations. Radler was benched in the second quarter of the Texas game on October 9th in favor of Caleb Williams, a true freshman that did not have the opportunity to play football during his senior year of high school due to COVID restrictions. An additional point of controversy was the announcement made by the Oklahoma University administration that they planned to change athletic conferences. This meant that OU would be leaving the Big 12 Conference and joining the Southeast Conference by 2025. 2021 was not just a controversial year in college football, it was a challenging year for almost everyone. Along with controversy, the year was marked by challenges, confusion, chaos, and COVID, along with all kinds of grief and loss. This is definitely a time for Christians to be who they are called to be. That includes, as previously described, being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and his own special people. It is written in John 1.17 that Jesus came to bring grace and truth. As his ambassadors on earth, Christian believers are also called to demonstrate grace and truth. As we take our stand for truth and righteousness, we must also be rooted and grounded in the love of God in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 17. This means that we must live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and be led by the Spirit, as described in Galatians 5. Even though we live in extremely challenging times, we must remember what Galatians 6, 9 says. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. The sixth key to unlocking the revelation of this parable is understanding the victory. The final score of the 2021 Alamo Bowl was 47-32. to The Oklahoma Sooners won the game by a 15-point margin. The number 15 in Hebrew is a special number. Conventionally, it would be written as a combination of the two numbers, Yod plus Hay, or 10 plus 5 in the English language. But in Hebrew, 15 is written differently. It's written as Tate plus Vav, or 9 plus 6 in English. In Hebrew, this is done to avoid irreverently writing the name of God. Barbie Brethet, in her book of Dream Symbols, writes the following about the number 15. 15 represents the energy of the divine Godhead's grace. Additionally, it represents deity, rest, mercy, resurrection, and glory, freedom, are delivered from death. Bride of Christ, reprieve, pardon, restoration, add, deliver, defend. The number 15 is found in Scripture in Isaiah 38, 5, and again in 2 Kings 20, when the same story is repeated. As the story goes, God sent the prophet Isaiah to deliver a message to King Hezekiah, telling him to put his house in order because he was going to die. When Hezekiah heard this prophetic word, he immediately cried out to God in prayer. 
And scripture tells us that God heard his prayers and sent Isaiah back to Hezekiah to deliver a new prophetic word. That new message is written in Isaiah 38, 5. Here it is as translated in the Passion. Go deliver this message to Hezekiah. This is what Yahweh, the God of your ancestor David, has to say to you. I have heard your heartfelt prayer, and I have seen you cry tear after bitter tear. I will give you another 15 years. The New King James Version of the corresponding passage from 2 Kings 20 verse 6 reads, And I will add to your days 15 years. In the football parable, the 15-point margin of victory speaks to days and years added to the lives of those intercessors that will step into their opportunities to fill in the gap, to assume new assignments, and to lead the rising generation by example. To those who cry out to God asking to be anointed, equipped, and enabled to fulfill their God-given destiny, he will hear their cry just as he heard Hezekiah's, as it is written in the New International Version of Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is a day when the intercessors that have chosen to stand in the gap and fulfill their assignments can cry out to God in faith, believing to finish well and share in the testimony of the Apostle Paul that is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, as written in the Passion. I have fought an excellent fight. I have finished my full course with all my might, and I have kept my heart full of faith. It is a day to press into the high calling of God with the hope of hearing the Master say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is Dave Burnett reminding you that you can connect with God's Family Plan on our Facebook page. We invite your comments, prayer requests, and suggestions. You can also order our book, God's Family Plan, Establishing Generational Blessing, today on Amazon. Kathy and I bless you and your household and remind you to remember the Alamo Bowl.